Hey folks, on this episode, we have the pleasure of hosting Scott Lomery, CEO of Sources of Strength, a social enterprise focused on suicide prevention through their strength-based comprehensive wellness program. Scott's an amazing human and a personal friend of ours. In this episode, Scott illustrates the challenges of navigating business relationships with family and reflects back on moving forward when the pandemic shut everything down. Let's go. Entrepreneurship is a podcast by and for entrepreneurs. We talk to founders and innovators about the shit they're going through and how they work through the reality of building a business. Hey, Scott. Hey, Scott. (laughs) Hey, guys. So to the listeners, we're in person for the first time in over a year. Bunch of... uh, That's not true. We were in person with Britain. Oh yeah, true. Yeah, Kelly we, did, we we broke some rules. <laughs> yeah, Kelly was there. No, Kelly wasn't there. Remember, we we had like a microphone sticking out of a shoe because Kelly oh, wasn't there. God. We didn't know how to set anything oh, up. Oh, we were. That was a shit show. <laughs> oh, that's a, you're totally right. I thought, yeah. Sorry, Kelly. Yeah, you Kelly, just, Kelly felt, was remote. But. I just felt your presence. Yeah. But uh, thanks for being here, Scott. It's awesome yeah. to thanks for having me. See real life humans as we figure out how to socialize again. This is kind of fun, but um, we're excited to talk to you about what's been going on, especially over this last crazy year and your business. And uh, yeah, why don't we start with just kind of an overview of what you do and what your what Sources of Strength is all about? Sure. Yeah. <laughs> I'm the... I'm the executive director of an organization called uh, Sources of Strength. I guess I'm also an owner uh, of of the organization. Um, But we essentially, we are a mental health promotion uh, and traditionally considered a suicide prevention program, but we're we're more than just that. But essentially, um, that's where a lot of our evidence base lies. Um, A lot of our outcomes is in the suicide prevention space. Um, and are often labeled as a, a, a suicide prevention program um, in in that uh, we we increase uh, help seeking and and healthy coping and connection and resiliency. And so a lot of times when people hear suicide prevention, we think about lifelines and hotlines and crisis intervention and response and um, kind of intervening in a crisis moment in somebody's life and getting them to the to the right mental health referral and um, that's obviously all incredibly important work. And, and that is some of what we do of talking about risk factors and warn, warning signs and how to get people connected to help. But much more uh, of what we do is really upstream prevention. You know, I, I would say a lot of that kind of work is, is more intervention. Right. Um, and so we're really focused more on, on, um, how do we, how do we move further upstream? How do we build resiliency? How do we increase connectedness? How do we increase belonging? How do we, uh, to build healthy coping strategies and 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 shift help seeking culture um, and and all of these different things that that are really protective in people's lives um, and and so really at, at its core it's a wellness model um, and and prevention is the outcome right um, and so and it's sort of that idea that a, a rising tide lifts all boats right so if you if you if we're successful in, in increasing all of these protective factors and trust and connection and belonging and uh, resilience and all of these things that we're going to have an impact on suicide, but we can also have an impact on substance abuse and truancy and violence and 
grade point average. And, you know, it's a lot easier to focus on your science when you're not constantly in crisis, right? That, that at its heart, it's really a wellness model. And so um, while we've kind of uh, traditionally been viewed as a suicide prevention program, I, I, I often kind of frame us more as a, as a mental health promotion program and, um, and actually having a much more kind of comprehensive prevention outcomes and, and, and impact. And so a bulk of our work is in uh, schools, um, middle schools, high schools. This year we've launched uh, an elementary model and curriculum. Um, we also do a lot of work with communities and uh, a lot of training and, and, and different things in that space. But but yeah, really kind of working in the mental health, public health, and prevention space is sort of the uh, the 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 realm that that sources of strength operates in. It, you you were founded. You're kind of a family business, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, I know it's kind of expanded past that, but founded by your dad. Yep. And then you. When did you come into the picture? When did you start working with Sources of Strength? Yeah, so so my dad uh, started Sources of Strength. He had been the the director of of the Police Youth Bureau in North Dakota for about sixteen years, and had been involved in uh, a lot of crisis response work and intervention work, and um, and you know through through that work, he had spent. Um, he had spent a lot of time uh, doing postvention, uh, responding to crises and losses, and uh, and his team would go out after there had been a death, uh, and some of these were suicide deaths, and some of these were um, drunk driving accidents, and some were accidental drug overdoses, and in about a three-year span of time, he ended up going to over 30 funerals of teenagers, um, and at the time, North Dakota had some of the highest teen suicide fatality numbers in the nation. And he kind of walked away from that season and that experience feeling like there's so, there's so much more we could be doing that everything felt really reactionary and, and really crisis driven. And he had this, this really profound sense that we could do more to get ahead of the issue. Um, and in particular, he was working in a lot of communities, um, some rural communities and some native communities, um, in the, in the Northern Plains area where, where sometimes the closest mental health resources were, hundreds of miles away and um and and so really working to um to kind of partner with these communities and develop a model that that really didn't just focus on on risk and on lack and on the resources that weren't there um, but focused on on the strengths and the protective factors and and the assets um that individuals in the community um did have and and, and could turn to and could rely on and and could still uh really be focusing and building health and and mental health um and so he he left his he left his job and started uh he he actually did quite a bit of different kind of work uh but sources of strength was an 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 arm of that work and then eventually kind of became the main thing uh that he was doing and that uh those outcomes were were really strong and were really rich and and started to uh we ended up being a part of a project that won the national public health practice award which brought on the attention of some national researchers um, that that were, were looking for effective programming in, in that space, in suicide prevention space, and um, looking for programs that were working with young people in effective ways. And so they came up and started doing some evaluation and, and, and doing some research. And, and, um, and again, those were, were really, um, really strong outcomes. You know, it was one of the first studies to ever show that you can use peer leaders to change these population-level health norms. And um, and, and associated with reducing suicide risk. And, and so 
um, it started building from there. And then I came in as the, the second employee, uh, and, and we've kind of built the business together. And so he, he really, uh, kind of created the, the initial program and training and model. And then, um, I came on and, and we've helped build the business along with obviously our, our team. And, um, and yeah, it's been a, it's been a kind of steady, steady growth and expansion. And, and now, uh, the organization, you know, Source of Strength is one of the more widely disseminated and, and rigorously evaluated prevention programs in the country. When was this, you're talking about your dad making that transition. When was he starting this? Like what, what was the time frame we're talking about when he was first? Yeah. So those off? very first iterations were like 1998. Okay. <laughs> um, and then, and then sources of strength kind of became its own entity in about 2005. Um, and then I came on board in about 2010. Uh, and then we've been, we've been working on it and building it, uh, yeah, ever since then. Does he still have some day-to-day uh, involvement? Yeah, absolutely. He's still he's still very much involved. Um, actually, just this year, he he stepped back part time, um, but he uh, he still trains uh, every week and and is um, you know he's he's just in in the room and in the community and 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 working um, with people uh, doing doing this work. Yeah. He's just, uh, I don't, I don't think we could convince him to stop. You know, he, uh, he just loves, loves working with people, um, and, and really believes in this mission and this vision. And, um, yeah. And is, is, is really, a, also a very gifted facilitator, uh, and has a lot of a wealth of experience and knowledge that, that he kind of brings, brings to the space. So yeah, he's still, he's still part-time and, and doing a lot of training and he's also kind of our, our organizational uh, mentor and uh, guru, we call him the North Dakota Yoda. Uh, he uh, he he uh, advises and guides, and um, yeah, still definitely plays a, a valuable role. That's awesome. So, um, for those of you listening, uh, I well, everybody in this room all went to, this, to the same MBA program, but uh, I connected with Scott over stealing blankets at a at a football Hold game. Hold up, should we get GSSC to, or I'm sorry, Impact MBA to start uh, promoting this or, or yeah. sponsoring this yeah, podcast? Yeah, yeah, sponsor, right? This, yeah, yeah. We should ask them to give us money. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> they can steal our blankets. <laughs> yeah. Oh, are we supposed full, to full circle? Yeah. We, we asked. It yeah. just felt like stealing. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It, it, it's more fun when it feels like we weren't supposed to take them, but it was <laughs> we it, it was fine. Yeah, um, but yeah, they, they I, reluctantly agree <laughs> for us to take blankets while not making a donation. Right. <laughs> but uh, it, it's uh, it's it's a fun um, it's it's a fun connection for me in particular because uh, I had uh, well when when we first met, I I don't think we. Knew that we knew each other. We met in the stands up at, at the at the football game at the Rams at the Rams game in the fall of 2019, right before the world ended, basically. <laughs> yeah. Um, so and st- stealing blankets is the first time you guys met. No, we had met. We somehow knew each other, but I don't. I can't remember what the circle. I was. think we knew each other through you. Yeah, probably through probably. Eric. Yeah, probably. But that was the first. I mean, so you and that your, was maybe you, the first time you and your buddy to each other. both had enormous beards at the time. You were uh-huh. both up there. Yeah. Um, we had a good time. We were we were drinking and chatting, and I was kind of on the verge of just digging into this new technology venture that is in a, a similar vein as the work that you all do. Um, very much focused on uh, kind of support tools 
very similar 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 work, but um, not not so much the the curriculum and the training, and but more so the data collection and stuff like that. But um, so it's an interesting. Uh, it's an interesting connection to, or like, I'm, I'm going to have a lot of very specific questions. Uh, I'll try to make it interesting for the listeners because, <laughs> uh, this is just a world that, that I'm fairly new to, but you guys are, you've been so immersed in specifically. Um, but it's, it's so fascinating to have been a part of this world that, uh, we, we've, we've kind of adopted the, um, tagline of social emotional learning. Social emotional learning is mm-hmm. one of, you know, 15 different, uh, different terms used to describe youth resiliency and character development and, and, you know, all all those different things Mm -hmm. and all the terms that you referenced. Um, but, uh, which are areas that are particularly relevant today, um, which is so fascinating because, um, I, I didn't share in the last year that I had a, uh, I had, well, a, a business that I had formerly been involved with was a brick and mortar business, basically depended on everybody gathering. And that shut down after a year of tons of hardship and tr- just trying to grind it out. Um, and then kind of stepping into this new space where uh, you see, you see educators who are struggling as much as their students. You see, mm-hmm. um, you know, people trying to hold it together so they don't, you know, uh, they're not really, so so they can be supportive to their kids. And then you Mm -hmm. have programs like yours that are a much more holistic approach, peer, peer to peer sort of support. And that's, that's what I feel like needs to happen in every corner of society, but something that we establishing at that, at this, at the school level. And it's awesome that you're starting it earlier and earlier, but I'm interested to hear just kind of how the last year has been, um, in particular for you, uh, in, I mean, I guess I might be jumping ahead a little bit, uh, just, just a little bit more of your background before we were talking, uh, before we started recording, uh, you were sharing that, you know, you're in, you kind of, especially with your, your business background and you have an MBA like we do just kind of thinking more strategically long-term. Um, I'm, I'm interested in how the pandemic has come into play in, uh, your overall, uh, overall approach to your work and how it's affected it in terms of, you know, how trainings go. Have the trainings been done over Zoom? I'd be, I'm just interested mm-hmm. yeah. to see how that's all played out because, um, and and for the record, and to give you a little bit of an ego boost, I talk to a lot of people that you already work with um, and they love your program. I've never mm-hmm. heard any, I've never heard it. And, and uh, I, to, in, in my, in my personal opinion, there, there's, there's, there's not enough programs like yours and we need to you know step up mental health as, as early as possible or there should be one and you should be <laughs> throughout the world. one program <laughs> to rule them all it starts to dilute at some point you know when you get to i mean you can't you can't have the yeah, yeah, yeah. the north dakota yoda showing up for, pro, <laughs> for tra- training programs and you know well <laughs> I, I guess yeah. to just take what joe's saying there i mean how much has covid impacted your approach and also how much has it impacted your 
the population you deal with because I think that we're hearing a lot of stories right now of like just the mental health stuff that's coming hmm. out of COVID. Yeah. Um, a good question. You know, I, I think it's a, it's a big question. Um, I would say the, the population we deal with is, uh, is human beings. Right. <laughs> and so, um, you know, and, and it's I think market. actually in, in, in some ways the pandemic has, has maybe even put mental health kind of front and center, uh, and help people realize just how important it is. And, and the fact that we all have mental health, uh, and, um, and, and all of the different things that, that go into that. Right. Um, and, and I think, I think we err as a society in, in generally, I think having a reductionist view of what mental health is. I think we often think about it through a frame of mental health is about navigating or treating or diagnosing mental illness. Um, but, but mental health is more than that. Like that's important, right? Getting people proper care and treatment, um, that, that are, that are struggling. Um, but just like the absence of disease is not health. Um, you know, the absence of mental illness isn't mental health, right? We can all work towards mental health. And, and I think having a more expansive definition of, of what it means to be in the field of mental health and to be working in mental health and, um, and what constitutes, uh, you know, or what counts, uh, in, in that regard and, and how important it is. You know, I love this work because I think it's, it's incredibly interesting and fascinating and important, but, but mental health really sits at, at the center of this intersection between all sorts of different fields. And, and certainly that includes psychology and psychiatry, sociology, anthropology, theology, uh, you know, and, and, and really all kinds of philosophy, all, all kinds of different, um, approaches and, 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 and aspects of life come into play. Right. Uh, and so when we're, when we're talking about mental health, we're also talking about, um, you know, we're, we're also talking about belonging. We're talking about, uh, culture. We're talking about, um, very personal things and very societal systemic things. And, um, and, and then all of that is a part of the conversation. And so, you know, I think, I think the pandemic ha has, has maybe helped bring some of that to our attention, you know, maybe more collectively that, that actually we all have mental health. It isn't just this niche niche. That's not how you pronounce that <laughs> word. <laughs> this, <laughs> this niche thing, you know, it's, it's like a, it's, it, it is the thing, right? Like it is, it is a central part of what it means to be human, to, mm -hmm. to, to have emotions and to, um, to, to, to think about what it, what it means to navigate life in, in a healthy way. And, um, and, and so I'm, I'm, I'm actually thankful for that, that, that we were able to have that conversation. I, I'm also wary of, of some of the way that we're starting to have that conversation, you know, is certainly in, in education, um, and I think more broadly, like there's, there's a tendency, I would say to w w what I would call pathologize the human experience. Mm -hmm. Um, and, and so, you know, we have a lot of screening tools and, and resources and things that we that we use 
in schools that that are are showing rising anxiety and rising rates of depression and 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 there's a lot of like ringing of alarm bells of of this kind of spike in anxiety and depression and um and 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 this sort of tendency to maybe diagnose that and like this mental health crisis this epidemic of 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 maybe poor mental health and um you know i i i think that that kind of misses the mark in, in terms of like when we think about a pathology like that, that's an atypical abnormal response to, um, to a stimuli, you know, whether that's in thought or in behavior. And I don't think there's anything atypical or abnormal about the sadness that we are feeling or about the anxiety that we are feeling or about the frustration and anger that we are feeling. I think that is a rational, logical human response to what we've all just gone through. And these tools weren't designed for a pandemic. Uh, and, and, and so I think it's important that we don't pathologize what we've just gone through, but we humanize hmm. what we've gone through. And we humanize the response that, that we're experiencing. And, and, we, and we focus on what helps. You know, what helps humans when we're experiencing a lot of anxiety or when we're feeling really sad and down or depressed or, or, or when we are feeling pissed off and angry and we just, we don't even know why, mm-hmm. but, but we're afraid we're going to punch someone, right? <laughs> like, like that's, that's part of what it is to be human. And, and it's also part of what it is to be human to talk about and to explore like what helps us with that? Uh, what are our strengths? Who are the people? Uh, what are some of the strategies that we can use um, to bring those emotions back down to size. Those aren't negative emotions, they're human emotions, right? Uh, and, and, and so I think that's an important part of that conversation with, with you know, while the pandemic has maybe uh, put mental health front and center, like I think it also requires some, some framing around um, not just this, this crisis or this pandemic mm-hmm. of mental health, but, but actually, um, actually talking about uh, the, the things that do help and the, and the ways we can lean into um, the things that, that we know we can do and, and, and how do we rebuild that belonging or that connection when we've been isolated for a year and a half? Uh, how, how do we tap back into our strengths and our protective factors that maybe we haven't been able to access during quarantine and, and we can have, you know, uh, I think helpful, fruitful conversations and, and, and exploration of, of those things. And so I think that's a big part of what we're wanting to talk about and, and how we engage people is that we, we don't approach this conversation just through a lens of risk and, and, and what we lack and, and what's wrong and what's broken. Um, but, but really through a lens of the strength that we have, um, and the things that help and, and, and the hope, uh, uh, that, that the, the truth is that people get better, people recover, uh, you know, and, and, and we can get through these things. And so I think, you know, maybe I'm, maybe I'm not making the most, uh, concise point, but that that's an important part of the conversation. Um, when we think about this, this past year in terms of the way we are trying to invite people into this conversation is it, it, it has really centered the importance of talking about what helps and talking about our strengths and, 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 uh, and evaluating and, 
uncovering and discovering what those things look like for us uh, and and tapping into that both at an individual and, and a community level. And then kind of the the other question you asked around like what what does that look like for the business, you know, um, yeah, it's been a year, <laughs> you know, the, <laughs> the, when, when your, when your business is providing, uh, very interactive in-person training to schools and every school in the country shuts down in a week, uh, it, 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 it was hundreds of thousands of dollars of revenue gone, gone in a day. Um, and you know, that's, <laughs> that's stressful and and you have a staff of people that <laughs> that you, feels that, a little, uh, <laughs> like a nice way to put it. <laughs> yeah yeah uh you know and and have you know so as as a as a small business owner and as a as a boss and as a colleague and as a friend to 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 um my coworkers and my employees like yeah, there was a lot of stress there, and and there was there was you know thinking through what do, how do I not lay people off? How do I not furlough people? How do we make that pivot? And and so that's been a lot of the the um, the last year is is making the pandemic pivot, and and so part of that was you know immediately one like we were in we were in a decent cash flow position where we had some margin. Um, and, and then we were able to make some, some kind of financial decisions. We were, we got a PPP loan, uh, we were able to get, uh, prepaid on some, uh, you know, some, some contracts that we renegotiated and got paid in advance to help with the cash flow situation. Uh, we were able to cut some costs and we were able to, you know, do a handful of things to help kind of navigate that, but then immediately kind of start to pivot on one, how do we resource the thousand schools that we work in that are currently facing how to support their students in this, in this moment to kind of meet the moment. Um, and then really to pivot, like, all right, like if schools aren't coming back in person, how do we provide our training and, and our services and our resources in, in this new context? And so, uh, shifting online and, and, you know, we also brought our, we, we launched an elementary model and curriculum in the mid, middle of the pandemic, which, which helped close some of the gap. So there's a lot of things just like from a business standpoint that we did. Um, and that, that's kind of intermingled from like, here's the revenue, here's the business as, as well as, um, from a mission standpoint and a vision standpoint of, of how we were serving the schools and the communities and, and the people that we work with to, uh, to try to, try to resource their mental health and, and their communities uh, as, as we move through the pandemic. Yeah. So was the, um, the elementary model, is that something that you developed in response to what was going on with the pandemic or is that something you had been planning? Ahead? No, it, it was something that we had already been working on. Um, and <laughs> yeah, the pandemic kind of just like through, uh, it, it's not an ideal circumstance to be like launching a, a, a new branch and a new um, a new product and service, but we actually have had a really a really successful launch with um, hundreds of schools and thousands of classrooms and tens of thousands of students and uh, and and instructors and teachers and coaches um, using that model just in this first year and um, and then coming to the end of this year, it has been incredibly incredibly Just encouraging it, <laughs> uh, it is it's been it's been really encouraging um to to have a lot of the 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 customers and clients that that launched it or piloted it last year 
coming back and doubling down um, and finding more funding or more sources to, to, to expand that work. And so we have a lot of large statewide efforts happening with elementary right now. And so the, the response has been really, really incredible, but yeah, we were working on that prior uh, and then, and then COVID threw a curveball at it. And, <laughs> and I feel like we, our team did a great job of hitting that curveball out of the park and That's awesome. um, yeah, really excited. And now we're, we're expanding that. And so what we launched was third through sixth grade and, we're writing and building out the the kindergarten through second grade curriculum right now. Hmm. So, did awesome. you have a moment when at the very beginning of all that where it, it was sort of an oh shit like this might kill us? Yeah, moments. I was <laughs> <laughs> a um, period of time. <laughs> yeah, you know, I think I think there there were moments. You know, I think when when things first started to to go south. You know, I, I remember. I was actually going out of town on a trip and had sent a message. It was on Wednesday um, to my staff saying, hey, on Monday staff meeting, we're going to talk about coronavirus, which is what we were still calling it back then. <laughs> uh, you know, and um, not just the Rona, <laughs> you know, we're going to talk about coronavirus and, and all this and um, and kind of our, our response. And one of my uh, one of the people on staff said, you know, have we had any schools rescheduling or canceling? And said on oh, not a lot just one so far you know but we want to talk about how we're how we're going to respond and so that was Wednesday when I left and uh by Friday we didn't have any trainings left in the spring uh and and uh is and the, so is the it, training the primary source of revenue yeah yeah so we we come into schools and we train adult advisors and we train peer leaders in this program and in this model and then we provide ongoing support for those programs right. uh, running running sources of strength and so yeah that's the primary uh revenue driver there's there's some others but that's the the, the main one um yeah so they're like but even in that moment like i feel like it was I remember like just being on the phone with uh, with a, a, a couple of folks on my team and um, just like, all right, like, let's do this. Let's do this. Let's do this. We'll talk more <laughs> on Monday, you know, and uh, well, so there's we were all kind of thinking like this is two weeks. Yeah. Yeah. So initially, I think it was the like and, and in some ways I'm, I'm thankful I didn't know what I was in for. Right. Because mm -hmm. uh, there's like the two weeks and like, oh, OK, this might last. A month and like okay this might last all spring like we might not be back till summer and then okay this, this is gonna last longer and actually for me i think that was kind of helpful to i you know i think i there were there were some team members that had more foresight and they're like uh <laughs> this is gonna <laughs> last a while yeah um but but i think that helped me not panic quite as much and and just kind of take it a step at a time a day at a time a week at a time um, but also put in some actions and plan in place that 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 allowed us to kind of meet that longer term trajectory as well. Um, and so kind of meeting the immediate moment and then kind of meeting the the larger uh, the larger uh, context that we were in. But, you know, the, yeah, there, there were several weeks where, I don't know if you all have ever seen, we were talking about Will Forte earlier. Um, what's that that show he's in, The Last Man on Earth? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, where yeah. He's, <laughs> he's like the last person. Like, I felt like that because I was the only person coming into our office. <laughs> and it was just me, like, for, for weeks on end, just 
kind of wander in the halls, <laughs> you know, like walking into other people's offices and like, uh, you okay. know, and like, <laughs> like kind of cans of, of, of beer and Corona bottles just stacking up in the corner. Uh, you know, there, there was kind of this like weird eerie sense, you know, and there definitely were some moments of being like, all right, like if this lasts forever, <laughs> like, you know, we, I don't know, maybe, um, but then uh, again, like I, I, I definitely had a, a strong belief in our team's skill set and passion and and ability to like to make that pivot. And 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 I'm incredibly proud uh, of the way we did that, the way we shifted everything, and it's an online environment. And and our our training is really fun and engaging and interactive. And and at the beginning, I had no imagination for like how we do that over zoom yeah and we did like we've we've been doing kick-ass trainings all year long that have been really inspiring and encouraging and helpful in launching these programs in schools um i can attest to that personally we've talked to some students who've gone through your trainings and loved it yeah <laughs> for real yeah it's wild yeah, i've learned yeah. a lot of good zoom skills yeah. uh, on like how to play a game and how to make it in, how to in, in engaging and in interaction <laughs> yeah, that's awesome so uh can you talk a little bit about your uh, your your team dynamic and the composition of your team? Like how how uh, who's who's doing what? It sounds like your your dad, your father is a, is a huge part of the actual trainings. Um, yeah, so we have um, we have a staff of uh, the 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 title the role is called national trainer, um, and so those are folks that that go out and they travel around the country and in uh, normal times and and <laughs> launch our, our program. Yeah, and so they train adult advisor teams and peer leader teams in schools, you know, up primarily. Um, and and then we, you know, we have support staff. So we have a support coordinator who, whose job it is to really continue to check in and be supporting and wa- walking through the program with schools. Um, we have kind of more front end training operations coordinator and director of training and, and, and folks that are helping know what the logistics side and we have materials and, you know, so there's, there's a lot of, of different, um, kind of roles. So a lot of, a lot of the folks on our team, including my dad at this point are, are national trainers that are kind of delivering the program. So in many ways it's, it's, it's a service industry, right? Like we, it's a fee for service kind of business model where we go and we provide this training, we provide this program and this support, um, and then, you know, we contract with schools or governments or foundations or lots of different folks to, to provide those services. And, um, but that's kind of the, the primary, you know, and, and, um, yeah, you know, it's, it's in, in many ways, it's, it's a kind of a lean, mean fighting machine in terms of like, we, we're not a huge team, uh, at this point we're about 16 folks and we're, we're hiring more and we're, we're growing, uh, and then we have a lot of subcontractors and, 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 um, and then really just hundreds of, of thousands of people that are trainers or are adult advisors or are working as a part of their job doing sources of strength in their own communities. But, you know, they're not on our payroll. They're working for their school or they're working for um, a local mental health uh, organization or, or things like that. And they're, they're implementing sources as a part of their approach and as a part of their model. Um, yeah, so so it's it's really like a really broad, expansive reach um, with with not a huge team. You know, sometimes sixteen feels pretty big to me <laughs> from 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 uh, the early days when I'm sitting in my bedroom trying to figure out how to build a website and 
trying to get anybody to have a meeting with me and <laughs> trying, to, trying to be like, well, so our, where I'm at, right? our logo, our logo kind of sucks. Like, you know, like maybe we can improve that. And, um, so yeah, we've, you know, when, when you've, when you've been there from the ground floor, uh, 16 feels pretty big. Um, but I, I think, um, and I think the, the crew that we have, uh, has a pretty enormous impact, uh, for a team of that size. Yeah. Is that, so you and I have talked about this a little bit in the past where, your dad was really kind of the, he took his professional experience, turned this into kind of the business idea, but you really stepped in and, and took over as the, in large part, like the, the leader of it. And I don't want to say leader in terms of like, um, your dad was kind of leading on the curriculum side and understood kind of the, through his experience, what he wanted to do with the impact of what this curriculum could provide, but you were really looking at how do we turn this into a scalable, repeatable, um, successful business model. Is that fair to say? Like you were kind of the, there's like a founder a lot of times and then like the scale up CEO or the scale up person that they bring in to kind of take over. Um, is that a, a is that a fair way to describe the dynamic between the two of you? It's, it's maybe fair and unfair in okay. terms of, um, I don't know that I was that clear-eyed about that role uh, at the you beginning either, right? Yeah. Like, I don't know that I was coming in as, all right, I'm going to be the CEO that helps us scale. Like, mm-hmm. I, you know, I, I literally, I had a job working for DPS, doing positive behavior support. I was a paraprofessional and really didn't like my job. <laughs> <laughs> and it was like, there were elements of it that was fun, but like, it was, you know, I just... I wasn't happy and, and, and my wife was actually the one who's like, Hey, have you ever thought about working for your dad? I'm like, well, well, no, <laughs> he's <laughs> like, he's just doing that thing. And, and she's like, well, every time you talk about what he's doing, you get really passionate and really excited. Hmm. And I had honestly had never crossed my mind because it wasn't, it wasn't that much of a business at that point. Like it, 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 it was, um, but, um, it, it hadn't really been a part of like my idea or narrative and so one day I had a bad day at work and driving home through Denver rush hour I called my dad and I was like hey what do you think about me coming to work with you at Sources of Strength and um he's like really yeah so we we started talking about it and you know I think I started as like the communications director or something <laughs> like that as the second employee, like, which meant, um, was trying to build a website and change our logo. And like, um, but in many ways too, like it is kind of that, that founder, uh, startup dynamic. Like when, when I look at our staff, I have, I have done everybody's job at some at, in some way, shape or form, right? Mm-hmm. Like I have packed the boxes and sent the t-shirts and, uh, I have designed the logo and the website and I have, uh, done the training and, 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 and kind of played all of these different, uh, roles, uh, as we've gone. And so I've really grown in my own skill set and my own kind of competence. And, and then I got to a point where it was like, okay, this we're we're building this beyond like a mom and pop shop, you know? And, and, and I, I probably need to learn a little bit more what the hell I'm doing, you know? And so decided to go back and get my MBA. And shortly after that, uh, stepped into the, the director role, um, uh, and, and have been doing that for, for several years now. And, 
but yeah, you know, in many ways we, we, we built the company together and, you know, help be like, Hey, we should probably invoice people, <laughs> you know, like, like, I don't know a lot about business, but I feel like we should get paid for the work we do, you know? And so there was, there was some of those kinds of things. And, and then, um, yeah, gaining more, um, more expertise just in the field, um, in, in the field of suicide prevention, in the field of public health and the field of, um, you know, but also gaining more, more competence and expertise in, in, um, running a business and, and, and then also really embracing a growth mindset that there, there's a lot that I don't know. And there's a lot, there are so many ways that our team has been instrumental in, in building sources of strength, not just me or my dad. Um, but a lot of people bringing their skill sets to bear, uh, in, in the growth that, that we've experienced and kind of the, the impact that we have. Um, but, but yeah, you know, in, in many ways, uh, I, I think that it is kind of that partnership and, and that dynamic that we have where he kind of really had the vision for the model. Um, and, and then I've been able to really help kind of create a vision for the the company or the business um, to, to support the, the growth of that model. Yeah. Um, and some of the other ways that we can kind of leverage that that impact. Without airing all the dirty laundry and coming from the perspective of somebody that works with their brothers, um, <laughs> how how have you navigated the family relationship side of that? Yeah, there's been uh, there's been good seasons and and hard seasons. Um, you know, in in many ways, I think like there's. I think most people can can identify of like, oh, if I worked with my dad, what would that look like, right? Um, <laughs> Some people would run to the you know, hills. Like, or, Joe, and how would you deal working with your dad? <laughs> my dad was an investor. <laughs> it wasn't great. <laughs> <laughs> we'll leave it at that. Not in, not in my current business. <laughs> in the previous. Uh-huh. Um, I, I didn't ask him for any money this time. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, like the... In, in, in so many ways, I'm, I'm actually incredibly grateful for for it you know i i think anybody kind of it's it's part of it is like a coming to age story right like where you get to a point in life where you see your parents as human beings right you're like oh you're not superman like you you have faults and you have flaws you know right (laughs) my dad could definitely Um, still be me (laughs) (laughs) you know and and so like um there's definitely those moments where you like like maybe some of the the shine starts to wear off in terms of like the way you, you looked at your parent as a kid when you start to realize like, uh, like, Hey, how about we have that phone call? You know, like, I don't know. There's a, there's a lot of examples. Um, but, uh, but at the same time too, I'm, I'm actually pretty grateful that, that I, uh, I've had that opportunity. Like that's a, there, there's just a million hours and, and conversations and plane rides. And like at, at, in the beginning, like we shared a, ho- we would travel to train and we would share a hotel room and he would snore and I wouldn't sleep. And like, <laughs> we didn't have, like the company didn't have any money. And uh-huh. like, um, and, but there's, there's just so much relationship that I have got to have with my dad that I wouldn't have had otherwise. Um, and then there are also points where I'm, I've, I've kind of said like, 
I don't know, like, do I need to walk away? Because, like, I want to walk away from this job before I walk away from my dad. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, and 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 we we had a moment. You know, we had we had a blow up in front of our staff where where we were shouting at each other, and um, and we we drove home from that meeting together and had like a come to Jesus conversation where he he felt I you know I he felt like I viewed him as like the doddering old fool that was going to come in and mess mm. up everything that that didn't know what he was talking about and i felt like he thought i was the dumb kid who didn't know what he was doing and neither of us thought that you know <laughs> and like we were able to to have a conversation about it and 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 talk through that and and work that out and i think it's been a lot better you know since that since that conversation um you know and and i give my dad all the credit in the world too like i think i think it's really difficult for a founder of an organization uh, to give up control, to give up power, to, to kind of, um, walk away gracefully or, or, uh, or, or not even walk away, but stay in the organization, yeah, uh, say, but not he, be, he stayed there. He took not be running role. it. And that's, that's yeah, weird. like it, he, he is an incredible combination of, of ego and humility. Um, one of our staff members framed that for me one time that I thought is really, is really powerful. Like he has, he has this like audacity and this ego to, to just say like, this isn't right. So let's go make it right. Like, let's go build something better. Let's change the way the field of suicide prevention works. Let's change the way we talk about mental health in this country. Let's, let's do it differently and let's build something like, like this really audacious kind of egotistical uh, idea to, to, to go after a dream like that, um, but coupled with this incredible humility uh, and, and this ability to, to sit in a room in hundreds and thousands of communities across the country, across the world, and to listen to a 14-year-old or, or yeah. a school counselor or and, and to shine, not to just like, you know, we're our program isn't like a motivational speaker. Like we're not coming like we're not shining the light on ourselves. Right. And, and to be able to shine a light back on the local community and, and back on the individual and, and to draw out their stories of, of strength and resiliency and recovery and hope. Um, and then to be able to build a company that, that is, is successful and is growing. Um, and to, to allow others to, to, to step into leadership roles. And, and, and like I, I have, utmost respect for my dad and his ability to do that. And, and that's not to say that our professional life isn't, you know, without friction or without disagreement or without a a difference of opinion or, or vision. Um, but I feel like we've been able to navigate that well together and, and kind of hold our relationship in one hand and our professional relationship in another and, um, and, and knowing that those things are going to cross and intermingle. So, yeah, like it, it hasn't always been easy, but I also am really grateful for it, you know, and, yeah. and I have moments where like my dad will call me and I'll see the number and I'm like, oh my gosh, like I don't have time <laughs> for this conversation right now. Um, you know, but, but I also know like there, there will come a day when all I want is to talk to my dad, yeah, yeah. you know, and, yeah. and, and I won't be able to. Yeah. And so being able to, to just maybe have that presence or have that mindfulness, mm-hmm. um, have that perspective, 
um, it's a gift. Mm -hmm. Like this, the career I have had, um, the time we've had together, the thing we've been able to build together, um, I'm really grateful for it. I'm really proud of it. It, It's so fast. You know, so many people say, like, don't go into business with your friends and family. Um, And I can see to a certain extent why some people say that. But um, to what you're touching on, I mean, there's if you can figure out how to hold the two worlds in two different places, the professional and the personal, the familial and the the professional in in two different places, um, or the friendship. I mean, I I think what you and Chris and Britton had, I mean, you and I would have phone calls where (laughs) you would call being like, dude, these guys are going to drive me up the fucking wall. And and I mean, I know there were massive fucking fights between the, the three of you at certain points, but when you figure out how to hold those two worlds in two different places and begin to, um, I think approach it from knowing that the professional doesn't reflect what is in the familial or in the personal. Um, you can actually build something that is, is far more powerful in some ways or, or the ability to go in, like you were just saying, build something with your father and hold that in a way that's like, we did this together and it wasn't always pretty. It wasn't always happy. It wasn't always perfect, but we navigated that and, and built something like that can actually be really powerful. And so I, you know, my mom actually at one point was like, I don't want you to go into business with your brothers because it'll turn into something that like somewhere down the line, you guys are going to hate each other. Um, and maybe we still will, but, um, you know, I, I think if you can figure out how to navigate those two worlds of the professional versus the familial or the, the personal, um, it can actually be really beautiful and, and powerful. Um, mm-hmm. I think it can for sure. And I, I, and I'm clearly listening to these stories and, and reflecting how that might, or how, how, you know, your dynamic would play out in my life. You know, obviously <laughs> I, I assume, I assume that most listeners would have the same, same approach here, but you know, when, the, the first feeling that I had when you were describing your dynamic with your father is envy was the, like, it would be the closest term. Not because, um, I'm not, I'm not, not, not a, not to project that I'm not close with my father. I, I just feel like there's a certain level of, I know my dad won't ever listen to this podcast. There's a, there's, there's, there's a certain. This will be the one he listens. Yeah, maybe. There's a certain level of uh, emotional maturity that, uh, especially with ego-driven males, power-hungry people that just want to be right, especially the dynamic between a father and a son, I find it so fascinating you've been able to navigate that. I could do that maybe with one of my brothers, um, you know, what you and what Eric and his brothers do, but I, I feel like the humility piece is something that you have to, you have to acquire that skill independently in order to come to a relation to, to, to have a relationship like that. Um, where at the end of the day, you can have that come to Jesus talk and you can realize, you can share vulnerably what, you know, an opinion you have about, you know, I'm I'm feeling this way because 
you know, I feel like you think I am a naive little kid or your father saying, I think, I feel like I, f- I forget what, what the other, sure, what yeah. the other side of the, the coin doddering is. old fool. Right. Yeah. <laughs> like you don't, you're, you're like, get with the times old man, you know, but you guys didn't have that conversation. And I just, um, that, that is a good point. I wouldn't, and I love my dad to death, but go, being in business with the old man, and that's probably something that's unique to what you guys did. I can do it with my brothers in a different way that I could do with my my dad. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I it's certainly, I think, one, it's something that you have to kind of maybe go in with your eyes open. And, and I don't know that I did. Like, I don't, I don't know that I had all of the perspective that I do now. Um, when I, when I first started and and I think in many ways we're lucky, like it, it's been hard at times. Um, and, but I, I think one, that commitment of like, I would rather have my dad than have this job or have this company. Right. And, and so that like that decision between the two, I think was, is an important piece. And and I think there is an, an important part of like humility or emotional health or, communication, you know, that, that is important to be able to like work through those things. And so I think there's any number of factors that if they weren't present would have not resulted in, in kind of the outcome that we've had. So I don't, I, it's certainly not something that I would like prescribe to everybody, but in many ways I, I it's, it's also a, a dynamic that probably exists with between a lot of like co-founders, you know, or, or people that are building or running a business together. Like, like owning a business together is an intimate (laughs) thing, right? Like there's, there's, there's a partnership involved and, um, but there's, there's been a lot of times where, uh, I've gotten to the end of the day and feel like my dad is the only person who will get what I'm feeling right now. And like, yeah. that's a gift to have like a co-founder or a partner mm-hmm. or a, or a parent or whoever mm-hmm. that like can, can empathize with that. And, um, yeah. So, you know, I don't, I don't know, like, I don't know that I've, I've necessarily like, uh, distilled it into like the 10 points for running a business with a family member, <laughs> uh, you know, but, uh, I, uh, suffice it to say that it's hard and, and I'm also proud of the way that we've, we've been able to do it. Um, but I also don't think that would have worked if my dad didn't respond in the ways that he responded and I didn't respond in the ways I did. And like, there's, there's just a lot, there's a lot extra at play for sure when it's with family. Mm -hmm. Maybe you should write a book on like the 10 ways to run a I've got about seven book ideas. (laughs) So that's number eight. That's number eight. Well, so where do you guys, what's next? I mean, you know, you've navigated this, this COVID period of figuring out how to keep your, your training business afloat and keep doing what you're doing. Where do you go from here? What's the next steps? Yeah. You know, I, I'm, I'm pretty grateful that like we, we are coming out of COVID in a, in a pretty strong position. Um, you know, that, that we actually, we made that pivot really well. We launched, uh, the elementary model, which, which was a whole new revenue stream. And, um, we kind of stopped the bleeding in terms of our, our training revenue by being able to provide online training. And we're, we're working on the roadmap back to in-person, uh, training. And, and actually like we've, we've landed a couple really large contracts recently that, that are setting us up well for the future. And, 
Um, and so now like I'm, I'm maybe more stressed than I was a year ago in terms of like the. Yeah, we didn't like, get to talk about the, you as an the, individual. The, the we like, didn't get to talk about your mental health. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you, th- right. Thanks for for uh, keeping the the youth of the nation mentally healthy. Yeah, yeah. But what about you? Well, yeah, yeah. Like it's it's been hard, you know. And and I think a year ago it was like crisis mode and panic mode and like all right, let's figure this out and wandering around the halls alone with my Corona <laughs> bottle, like, you know, and, uh, you know, and now it's like, hang on, are it's, you a regular drinking a drinker of Corona or was that just all the ironic, like I'm going to drink this in this time? For every you? bottle's a Corona. No, I bottle. actually, I actually kind of like Corona. Okay. <laughs> um, as, as we drink Pacifico. Yeah. I, I'm Mexican lagers in general. Mm-hmm. I'm pretty cool with, uh, but I like most things. I, I have eclectic tastes. Um, <laughs> but the, you know, like, yeah, like the dynamic now is like in in many ways I'm 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 more I'm more stressed, uh, but it's like good problems to have. It's problems of scaling and growth and challenge. Like and and you know we're not a startup in that like we've existed for a while, but like in 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 several ways like the growth that we're experiencing is a little bit like that, where it's it's issues of scale and like okay now we probably need a policy for that or we need a procedure for that or we need to like communicate that better or like. Like that worked when it was just like five of us figuring it out, but that doesn't work anymore, you know? And like, so there's a lot of those challenges as well as hiring and interviewing and, and mentoring and, and, and training. And, um, and then, so there's, there's a lot of like that kind of stress or challenge, but like they're good problems. Like I would much rather have these problems. Um, but also like, yeah, like, you mentioned my mental health, like that, like I have had to learn a lot over the, over the last decade, but, um, but especially over the last year of like practicing what I preach, like, like finding ways to, to navigate my overwhelm, finding ways to navigate like my, my hurt or my anger or, or my anxiety. Like there's been a lot of that. There's been a lot of days with that. And there's, there's maybe been too many of that. Like I heard a thing the other day. Does anybody feel like there's been a lot of days like back to back to back, like in a row? <laughs> like, <laughs> like they're just relentless. Like they keep coming, you know? And I, I like identify with that. I'm like, Oh yeah. Like I, I could use a break from like days. <laughs> you know? like, um, so like I've, I've had to try to think through like, how, how do I be well? How do I be healthy? how do I help my family be well? How do I help my friends? How do I help my staff be well? Um, and, and like in many ways that's like de-identifying from those things of like, I am not my job. Uh, I am not the success of this company. I am not what my staff thinks about me. I am not like what I think about, like, like finding ways to like think a little bit more, um, uh, uh, holistically or healthily, uh, uh, about it. Um, but anyways, uh, now I'm, I'm getting off from your question around like where we're going. You know, I, I think there is that element though of like caring for ourselves and caring for our staff and caring for myself that I'm, it, it is a work in progress. Um, but, um, continuing to, that's part of why I love this job is cause like I, I do it in my own life and I'm like, oh wow, that's really helpful. Like, 
oh, I should share that. Like we should tell other people about that. <laughs> like we should help other people do that. Or my staff teach me things where I'm like, oh, is that what we mean? <laughs> like, like that. Let like let's let's Being clarify by that. Yeah. People that care about that sort of thing and prioritize mm-hmm. their mental health is so refreshing. Yeah, yeah, and we've worked really hard to try to build like a, a healthy team and staff culture where we are practicing what we preach and we're, we're, there's a, it's a very flexible work environment, but we like, we have a shit ton to do, right? Like there's just, and we all care deeply about the work. And so when there's just a lot to do and you care deeply about it, like you will be stressed about it, right? Like you will, you will maybe work a little too hard or a little too long, um, or take it home with you a little too much, you know? And so we are like working on, how do we like, okay, like we have a culture where we care about our work, but how do we also protect you have a life and, and, and a family or, you know, other, uh, other things beyond this job, you know, that, that deserve your, your time and your attention and your, um, your health and, you know, and then, so anyway, to circle back around to your question, Eric, around, um, kind of where we're going and, and, and what we're doing, Next, you know, I, I, there, we're in a strong position. Um, there, there's a lot of growth in just kind of what we currently do. We're, we're building out and launching, you know, that, that elementary model is growing a lot of our, like, we didn't have a lot of expansion in our secondary program last year is kind of keeping some of our current clients. So we're back onto building up some, some, some growth in that area. So there's kind of a growth in what we're doing. We're, we're building out the K through two elementary curriculum. And, and then I think there's a lot of additional opportunities. I think, the more we, we look at and the more I think about like the, the, the work we do in the space of mental health and different, different kinds of adverse outcomes that, that we can be working to prevent or different ways that we can be doing that or different populations we can be working with or different strategies or modalities or mediums that we can, we can use to kind of spread that message. You know, our vision is to empower a well world. That's a pretty big vision, right? <laughs> like there's a lot of ways you can do that. Um, and so, you know, it is sometimes trying to think through, like, how do you not, um, try to do everything and then you end up doing nothing, uh, quite as effectively. So how do we like protect the impact and the efficacy and, and, and the quality of what we do, um, while also saying that like, there's more people we can help and there's more effective ways we can help them. And there's, um, you know, there's other opportunities out there. ideas on how we can... Yeah, <laughs> yeah. You could do that. You could maybe you could gamify it, and uh, <laughs> <laughs> so yeah. There's there's a lot of uh, a lot of different things that that we're thinking about from, um, you know, uh, uh, of different ways that we can continue to work kind of in the the client base that we have as well. Expand expand that base and expand our team. And um, there's no there's no shortage of things spinning around <laughs> in in my brain of. Of, of ways that we can continue to move forward, but trying to think through how we prioritize those things and execute on those things and do that in a way that um, we also don't forget to live our lives and be healthy at the same time. I yeah, that, I think that's a perfect way to wrap things up. Scott, thank you so much, man. Uh, yeah. I'm, 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 uh, I'm very motivated and encouraged by your your uh your leadership and your energy and it, it's really it's really cool to see uh everything yeah. you've done and yeah well we appreciate you coming out man. yeah it thanks fun. for having me guys it was a blast yeah all right let's go piss out some <laughs> <laughs> that's all right